evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of the USL Championship. I think I keep forgetting to say championship, so I'm working yes. on it. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about the game that wasn't, even though there was a little bit, so we can we can talk about what was there, but... Uh, it's all been erased because of the weather delay. Uh, we've got an interview with Goose from the Talking Jacks podcast, helping us preview uh, the match this weekend against Charlotte Independence. And we'll do our, our normal deep dive into that and look at the current standings in USL. Tonight, joining me, uh, as always, you hear him interjecting a little bit so far. It's Bill Toomey. Hey, Joe. How's it going? Not too bad. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing pretty good. I'm hoping that we'll be able to see a uh, full-length soccer <laughs> game this upcoming weekend. That, that's the only way they could slow this team down. They have to cancel the game. <laughs> right. Now, if they could kind of swap that and make that happen for the first team, I'd be good with that. Rebels 2 have been playing uh, pretty awesome so far this season, so... Yeah, I, I, th- I think it's fair to say that the first team is is turning it around. Even though they lost last week, I think they looked a lot better. But let's move on to this team. Uh, very little to talk about other than uh, they were dominant in their 20 or so minutes that they played this match. Tom Barlow with a beautiful goal. A nice redirect off of a uh, Andy Ivan uh, cross into the box. Ivan did a lot to set up the goal with a, a sweet dribble around his opponent. Um, and you know, it was sort of a typical, uh, type of Red Bull goal. It was nice that we saw Barlow get on the board so early and, you know, look comfortable where he's had a little bit of struggles in the, you know, keeping the ball on frame (laughs) so far to the season, but obviously look, he's had a rough time hitting the net, but he's got, uh, it would have been four goals with this one. Uh, so I think it's, it's okay to be, uh, you know, not too down on him for that. Yeah, and uh, kind of like we saw from the first game all the way through, you know, just last weekend, he's trying to improve every single game. Um, every game he's trying to trying to get goals in, which is awesome to see. Yeah, and uh, look, it's nice to see Andy Ivan uh, pop up down with the, the second team. I think he probably warrants a longer uh, stay with the first team and, you know, some minutes late in the match. We saw another guy that's been uh, doing really well for Red Bull 2, uh, get some minutes against Minnesota. He had a, a pretty bad miss um, in the match, but Marcus Epps looked good out there, and I, I think his time with the two team really helped prepare him uh, for inclusion in the match. And uh, the difference between what he looked like against Columbus versus what he looked like against Minnesota, I think, was kind of night and day. Despite the fact that he didn't end up getting, you know, a goal or an assist. But when he came on the field, the whole style of play changed, mm-hmm. which was awesome to see. He was pushing as hard as he could to make things happen. Yeah, overall, overall, I think a big problem with the first team is confidence. And when you get a guy who's coming off of the kind of performances that Epps has had uh, with the two team, he's full of confidence. So hopefully that's something that can translate to the rest of the side. Uh, man of the match, there's not really any, but we're just going to give it to Tom Barlow because he scored the goal. <laughs> congrats, Tom. Uh, yeah, congrats, Tom. The game that wasn't, uh, you were the man. And <laughs> you just have to do the same goal again when the game gets played again. That's exactly right. Uh, pressure's on. <laughs> uh, this team would have had 10 points should they have been able to uh, see that game through. 
and that would have left them in third place right now, as it stands, because they are uh, they have got two games in hand. They're in sixth place. Let's look at the top ten in the Eastern Conference. Uh, top down, St. Louis, thirteen points. Tampa Bay, eleven points. Uh, the first, by the way, first four teams on this uh, list are undefeated. Uh, and the only other undefeated team in the Eastern Conference right now is the New York Red Bulls. Uh, North Carolina FC, eight points. Charleston Battery, eight points. Nashville SC, seven points. Then the Red Bulls, two, uh, seven points. Beth Steele, right after us, seven points. Indy 11, six points. Louisville City climbing back up. They're still having a rough go. They've only won twice in their first five matches. Uh, they've got six points. And then Bob Lilly and the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, 10th place, five points. Under the line, uh, in order, Memphis, Atlanta, Ottawa, Birmingham, Loudoun, Swope Park, Charlotte, and Hartford. Uh, that is not uh, great <laughs> for most of those teams. I think there's not really a big surprise uh, between Birmingham and Loudoun being underlined because they're new, and you know, it's, I think it's going to take some time. Same thing with Hartford. Hartford, O and five. No, not even a single point. Uh, no points not, for extrapolating this data won't do us any good right now because there's so little of it. But they they could be in for a historically bad season. Uh, so oof, I I hope that they can turn it around. But we'll have to see. Uh, the New York Red Bulls too. Yes, they they had to abandon that match. But over the next few matches, they have a somewhat um, forgiving schedule. So they've got Charlotte, who is struggling this year, uh, away this weekend. Then they uh, return home for four straight at home. Hartford uh, on Wednesday, April 17th. Loudoun United on April 20th. Uh, Indy 11 on April 28th. Indy is probably the, the most difficult team in that stretch, although they've they've had a, a few struggles to start the year. And then Wednesday, May 1st, Birmingham. It's conceivable that they walk out of this with 15 points over the next five games uh, because these are all teams that they could beat. But, you know, we'll get back to that in a little bit. Uh, any surprises so far for you? Is it still just St. Louis that they're doing so well? Yeah, I wasn't still expecting St. Louis to, to be doing so well on the top of the table. Plus, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, too, because a lot of these teams either have four or five games played and we're right. stuck still with just three Three games under our belts so far this season. So, Indy- oh, and, you know, there's Pittsburgh still in eleventh place. Yeah. So that's kind of still a little bit shocking. Uh, well, no, Pittsburgh's in tenth. Um, Indy eleven uh, is another team that's only played three matches, and that's true for Ottawa, Birmingham, uh, Loudon, and Swope Park. Uh, so, it, you know, it's possible that there's a, a shakeup in the table over the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, out west, where there's been more consistent games for all the teams so far, Tulsa is still riding high, but now they are tied with three other teams at the top of the table. Portland Timbers 2, Sac Republic, and New Mexico. Uh, that spots one through four. Then LA Galaxy 2, still uh, keeping up with that pack on nine points. And Real Monarchs SLC after them at eight. Colorado and OKC Energy with seven. Tacoma Defiance and Fresno FC with six. Just under that line, Reno, El Paso, Orange County, Austin Bold, San Antonio, Las Vegas Lights, who 
they're not winless anymore. They did win one nothing over the Monarchs. Uh, we talked about that last week. Phoenix Rising. Uh, whoa, <laughs> Jostine. Yeah. Uh, our our uh, good friend uh, Junior Flemings is on that squad and doing well, but they're struggling. Uh, four draws in four tries. Uh, hopefully they can turn that around. And then Rio Grande Valley FC at the bottom of the West. Two points only through their first five matches. They picked up a draw against El Paso and New Mexico United. Uh, that's that's really all we got for the first half. Uh, you know what? Actually, let's let's take a look at uh, Golden Boot uh, and you know whoever's in in the lead for assists. Lucas Lobo still up there for Tulsa with seven, uh, followed by Cameron Iwasa with five, Brian Brown with four, and so on. Tom Barlow, uh, should that goal have counted, would have been you know right in the mix there. He's still on three goals in three matches though, so not doing terrible. Uh, and then for assists, Eric Williamson of Portland Timbers 2 and Rodrigo da Costa for Tulsa Roughnecks each have five. And Marcus Epps, who I, I'm not sure we're going to see a ton of him with the Red Bulls 2, uh, depending on you know how he progresses with the MLS side. He's on two assists. Um, I don't think there's any other Red Bull players that are in the top ten. Um, and then, yeah, no, all right, we don't need to talk about clean sheets, I don't think. John Mc- McCarthy is leading the back right now with four uh tampa bay five matches four shutouts not too shabby uh andrew tenari is on that team but he hasn't played a ton um but hopefully we get to see him a little bit more this year really like that guy okay uh that's all we've got for you in this first segment yes it's short i know but we don't have a match to talk about uh we're gonna take a break now when we come back we're gonna talk to goose from the talking jacks podcast about charlotte independence so stick around We're back. I know our first segment's a little crazy. We didn't have a game to properly recap this week because of the weather delay. But uh, we're back on track because segment two is always our interview. And we've got Goose from Talking Jacks joining us to help us preview this match against Charlotte Independence. Hey, Goose, how's it going? It is going well. Glad to be here. And and, and thanks for having me a part of the show. Absolutely. It's great to have you. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about what's gone on with Charlotte so far this season. Obviously, uh, last year... You know, about midway through the year, it looked like things were going to go very well, and then uh, it changed a little bit. So, uh, what what's the state of the independence right now? It's um, it's definitely a transition year. Um, we have moved from Mike Jeffries being our head coach, who was the only head coach we knew um, for the entirety of the club's history back starting in 2015. Um, he's moved to a GM role, um, and then we brought in a. Um, I think it was there, there was one of the the USL pundits that described it as the the most interesting move of the off season, bringing in a, a Gaelic football coach as, as our coach, um, and he de- he has had some soccer experience as well, but it, it's very recently, like 2012, 2013, I want to say, um, he transitioned to starting to work with Celtic um, over in Scotland, of course, um, and he's got his UEFA A license as well. Um, he's very um, academically experienced i would say um but this is his main or his first um coaching gig as being the head coach um 
So it's been interesting. Um, he definitely wants to play a, a different type of style than Jeffries. Um, we've had a lot of turnover on the roster. Um, if I'm remembering correctly, we brought back four players, technically speaking. Um, Brandon Miller, Jorge Herrera, um, Joel Johnson being another one. Alex Martinez, um, Jake Ehrman being another one of those as well. Um, and we returned after Enzo went up to play for the Rapids. He has come back to Charlotte, and that was a big addition in the offseason. Um, one of a couple big ones, I would say, um, being Dominic Odero is another big one. Um, he's got a lot of MLS experience. Um, still pacey, even though he's a little bit older, of course. Um, and it's been an interesting transition from that because to be honest with you us in charlotte the supporters are pretty used to roster change um we've seen that fairly often more often than not i should say but the main issue is this year we brought in a lot of people late Mm -hmm. Um, we had i want to say we had 12 or 13 players on roster going into the first week of the season. Um, <laughs> so that made it a little interesting. That sounds um, like what we're used to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, the other interesting transition, too, is we lost the affiliation with the Rapids. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that kind of changed things for us as well because we would kind of go into the first week of the season or first two weeks of the season, before the season, I should say, and we would wait for four or five loanies from the Rapids to come down. That's not happening, of course. Right. So it's it's definitely been a transition year in that sense. And the the first four games we've played have been um, – you can tell that we've got new pieces in there, um, that people showed up a little bit late because one of our starting center backs, really two of them, were announced the, the week of the season. Um, so it's it's been interesting. It's definitely been some learning curves um, and some some bumps in the road, to put it simply. With all the roster changes, is there one player who really stands out? I would say if I had to pinpoint one, I don't want to lean too heavily to Enzo um, just because we we, we're pretty used to him. Um, he has been a little bit different this year, but the main addition I'll say that I didn't actually mention at the top of the, the roster changes is we brought in Hugh Roberts, um, who's, I want to say, a 6'5 center back. He's had a a lot of USL experience, um, USL top 11, I want to say a couple of years ago. Um, and he's, he's a center back. Oddly enough, I was curious if we may be able to bring in the year before. Um, so I was really happy to see him come in, especially after losing um, two of our mainstays at center back, uh, being Bilal Duckett and uh, Henry Kalonji. We needed to make a, a good uh, addition there. And he's he's been really darn good he's been winning a lot of balls in the air which we've really never had in charlotte um taking away the opportunity on corners and things like that um and he's been a a good mainstay in the back back line uh, where we have had some transition here and there just with international duty and uh and injuries and uh and, and things like that so yeah looking at enzo martinez rejoining the team how cruel of the Colorado Rapids to misplay him and put him in a, a sort of more defensive 
posture when he was with them and not only uh you know decide to send him back but they they canceled the whole partnership right then yeah (laughs) it's a funny thing i I always wanted to keep track of him playing over there and it did keep me more involved with the rapids than than years prior to be honest with you just because i wanted to see him succeed Mm -hmm. what i will say that's interesting about him playing a much more defensive role is he's a different player this year um, and you can tell just based on interviews and the way he's been playing this year. Um, in years prior, he's had double-digit goals, 15, 17 goals, let's say. Um, and he's been the main goal scorer on the team. Um, he's said this year that he may not score a lot of goals. He's going to be more of a facilitator. Um, I want to say this year he's had two assists. Yes, I'm accurate in that. Good thinking. Um, <laughs> but he's had two assists this year. Uh, has not gotten a goal as of yet. Um, but he's been very dynamic. Um, I think he's essentially playing a role where he's, he's going to move around the pitch. Um, and, and the coach is going to kind of give him freedom to do that. Um, which is, it's going to be everywhere on the pitch. Quite frankly, he's going to be taking the ball away from people in duels and, and giving some good passes. And when we played Charleston this past weekend, there was two defenders that, um, cut him off on the on the sideline he dribbled right past him knocked the ball around and got around him um fortunately nothing else happened after that as some may have seen him <laughs> by the score line right but um but yeah he's he's a different player this year and i think he's more well-rounded in some ways because of that what does charlotte have to do this weekend to get the first win of the season against uh, the new york red bulls too really just combine all the little steps we've and the little steps of progress we've made um the outcomes of the games we've played this year probably have not looked great on paper i'll, I'll admit that um letting up a, a decent bit of n- number of goals um and things like that but there has been spurts of connecting passes in the midfield i think the biggest bit of progress I saw in the last game is we had a good bit of connecting passes between our the back line and the midfield. We just couldn't for whatever reason connect the, the midfield to the attacking players being Damo Duro or, or Enzo Martinez. So it's really going to be getting into a rhythm early um, and controlling the ball as well. I, I, I hate to say that we really need a win this week because I Part of me feels like we really do need to win, but I also do know our history against the Red Bull and the way they've played this year and the way they continue to have played over the last years, couple of years or so, that they're a high-pressing team. And we've not done the best against high-pressing teams. It's, it's uh, Most of the teams we've played against this year have been high-pressing teams and, and high energy. And really, it's just a matter of cleaning up mistakes, too, to be honest with you, because the goals we've allowed... I hate to say they've been fluky because there have been some some stunning goals. Um, just looking at the the second goal we let up by Zico Lewis. Zico. Yeah, he uh, he put in what could be called a banger. Um, yeah. it, was, it was a good goal. Um, but there's been a, I hate to say it, but a lot of one out of ten goals like that and just unfortunate lapses on defense. So we're really going to have to clean that up to limit chances. Um it's going to be the big thing to do this week. One of the things that uh, so you you know you mentioned that that Zico Lewis goal. Uh, 
it comes off a throw in. Uh, mm. And there's just not any real pressure or or, or um, closing down of Zico, and I think that that's kind of uh, maybe a, a bit of a pattern of what you've seen from the goals that that Charlotte's mm. given up this year, because a lot of them have come on low crosses and especially kind of cutbacks from the end line, where there's a lot of sort of ball watching uh, that's mm. caught the team. Uh, but uh, let's talk about uh, the organization as a whole. You know. You're still in Sportsplex at Matthews. Uh, do you have any update on uh, what's going on with the stadium? Yeah, so it's we're kind of in a I don't want to say wait and see, but we're in a a little bit of a we're going to be in Matthews for the next couple of years at the very least. Um, there has been some progress made with um, the. Uh, downtown or what we call uptown in charlotte uh stadium looming um there's there's been some bumps in the road that have been outside of the organization's control to be honest with you with that initial mls bid that was uh kind of derailed it for a moment but it, it has been the the financing has been approved um right now i think it's just a matter of breaking ground essentially um and there has been some some hints and teases on uh, on the the Twitterverse. Um, I guess uh, Jake Edwards was just at the office this past week, um, and I I mean he may have just been by for a chat, but I, I kind of feel like something may have been solidified with that. Um, the The tentative date is going to be twenty twenty one. I'm a little skeptical that that'll happen, but um, maybe. Uh, optimistic that it will happen because that will be a major benefit for the club. Matthews is a very nice facility. I'll say it's, it's been the best facility we've had. It's been the most consistent home we've had because we've been a very transient club. We've played, I, I think it's at four to five different locations for games. Um, kind of been here and there. Um, but uh, Matthews is very nice, but it's not, it's not a long-term solution. Not, not for a USL championship squad. I'll definitely say that. Um, in order for us to solidify ourselves as a, a club and as organi- an organization that belongs in championship, we're going to need to move to uptown. And that is going to happen. It's just a matter of 2021, 2022. I'm not going to say the next one because I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but uh, but sure. yeah, it's just a matter of uh, when it will happen because the, the, the current facility, uh, Memorial Stadium, it will need to have some, a, a big number of renovations. Um, but it's going to be, a, I believe, a 10,000-seat stadium, um, and it's in the heart of, of Uptown, uh, right next to one of the, the colleges there, too. So it's, it's, uh, it's waiting for us. It's just a matter of uh, getting it all taken care of. Uh, well, look, I mean, if there's – well, I, I guess it's true for both New York clubs, but if there's a club in this uh, country that understands the long yeah. and arduous wait for a stadium, it is definitely the Red Bulls. This. <laughs> yeah i can't tell you how many years it was like well we're a couple of years away we're a couple of years away it was like cold fusion um, yeah. <laughs> team that plays on a baseball field in new york city so. yeah yeah well yeah. i mean they're in a bad spot for that too um before we let you go uh we've got our lightning round are you familiar mm. with our lightning round um yeah i, I believe i am yeah. okay so it's not much of a surprise uh <laughs> are you ready Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Popcorn, yes or no? Yeah, I I, I, cre- I appreciate a good c- bowl of popcorn. I'm a normal butter popcorn. I don't do Ooh. the whole fancy caramel and all that kind of stuff. More just butter popcorn. 
Star Wars or Star Trek? 100% Star Wars. Nothing against Star Trek, but I just never got into it. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Definitely Marvel. Sonic or Mario? Ooh. I'm going to say Sonic. I, I, I definitely grew up playing some of the, the different Sonic video games, and uh, I just never gravitated towards Mario. I don't know why. Interesting. Uh, if you were on death row, what is your last meal? Oh, that's a good question. Um, something I've never thought about. This is probably going to sound really lame. Um, <laughs> probably just, I guess, a good cup of lasagna or a plate of lasagna. I don't think you eat lasagna in a cup. Um, <laughs> I was going to call you on it. <laughs> um, some garlic bread, a good stout, imperial stout. Let's go to an imperial stout to drink. That sounds like a fine meal. Don't yeah. uh, I don't think you have to ever be worried about answering that question. I cannot remember the player, uh, but they said that their final meal, they would be happy if it was Chipotle. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a heavy meal to go into the, the, the next doom there. But, well, I but mean, that's a good, that's lasagna good. and a stout. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that, can't beat that. I just contradict that's myself. That's like a combination. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, Oh, uh, I also forgot to ask. Do you have a prediction for this weekend? Oh, um, I will predict goals. That's one thing I'll say. <laughs> um, I'll say we'll get a, let's say a 3-2 victory for us. Okay. Yeah. I think that's I'll, very I'll take fair. That. Uh, tell the people where they can follow you on Twitter. Yeah, so I can be followed on a, at the Soccer Goose on Twitter. Um, there's also talking jacks can be find or found at, uh, at talking jacks. There's no G. Uh, so it's just talking jacks. Very nice goose. Thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, we wish you and the club, nothing but the best of luck for this weekend. Not too much luck, but just enough, <laughs> just a- enough to, uh, to get a point maybe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to do our in-depth preview of that match. So stick around. And we're back for our final segment, looking at this weekend's game against Charlotte Independence. Obviously, this is in Charlotte, North Carolina. They play at Sportsplex at Matthews. Right now, Independence are 0-3-1 through their first four matches with a goal differential of negative four. Not good. Not good at all. They are 0-1-1 at home this season. Their losses overall, uh, they lost two to, or 3-2 to Indy 11. One nothing to St. Louis and two nothing to Charleston. A pattern formed in these matches, which you know I brought up a little bit with Ben. It seems like they really struggle with uh, clearing the ball once it's in the box and defending against low crosses. So keep an eye on that. Uh, their other, the other goal that they gave up so far this year. I mean, it is. Well, it's not the only other goal they gave up. Uh, but in those losses, a beautiful goal by Zico Lewis. He takes a throw in from the right side of the box, cuts back onto his preferred left foot, and just curls it in. Uh, picture perfect. It was the kind of goal where I'm watching it thinking, where was that when you were here, Zico? 
right? that that it was the type of goal that you expect from a guy who made the the speech at the draft the way Zico did. But congrats, Zico. We're glad you're doing well. They also had a draw earlier in the season against Atlanta United too. It was three three. Uh, Atlanta United jumped to a two nothing lead early in that match, and Charlotte battled back. They got themselves on top. I'm about to sneeze. Thank you. They got themselves back on top and then uh, gave up a goal in the 94th minute of the match uh, to drop the points at home. Really, really awful. Uh, But they did it against Atlanta United, too, who had Romario Williams, former Charleston Battery player Romario Williams, uh, who had two goals in the match and, and looked very, very good. For Charlotte, their leaders, Dominic Odoro, former Red Bull Dominic Odoro, two goals, and then Jorge Herrera, uh, Kevin George, and Andrew Gutman each have one. Assists are coming from uh, the Mar- the flying Martinez's, Alex and Enzo. They each have two, and then another one for Jake Araman, uh, who has one. Looking at the stats breakdown, uh, the Red Bulls solidly take... Um, our, our standard defense and attack in this uh they they pretty much on, on defense easily um win all of those battles aerial duels duels won and tackle success and goals conceded they've conceded five less goals than charlotte to this point charlotte passes quite a bit they like to hold possession uh they have they average a hundred more passes than the red bulls two per match uh but they don't take a lot of chances. They don't pass forward a, a ton. Looking at the stats, Red Bulls play 46% of their passes forward. That's kind of crazy. Most other teams are a lot more balanced in terms of the way they want to distribute. But we know that the Red Bulls are very, very direct in the attack. Uh, and most of the goals that Charlotte has conceded have come from headers. So, you know, keep an eye out there. Uh, I think five of the goals they've conceded have been, or no, sorry, sorry. I said that entirely wrong. (laughs) Most of the goals they've scored have been from headers, uh, which is 80%. Four of their five goals have come uh, from headers, but they do, they do uh, struggle with crosses, but mostly low crosses. They gave up one goal on a set piece and another header, but for the most part, if you're going to be Charlotte, keep the ball on the ground. Uh, uh, Bill, what do you think? The Red Bulls have struggled against the independents in the past, but I mean, if you look at this Red Bull team and if you look at uh, Charlotte and how they played so far, it seems like it should be you know open and shut, and this should be another easy win. Yeah, I think the game against Charlotte this this weekend is pretty straightforward. I mean, they've been struggling a lot at home. They've only had one draw so far on on the season, and even with what we saw. You know, last weekend with the game that never finished, uh, the Red Bulls, they started off pretty fast as soon as the, the game began there, you know, with Tom Barlow scoring eight minutes in. So I think um, I think that game would actually help push them with the win this weekend because they're going to be um, pumped to play a full game of soccer. So I definitely think that's going to help. And with the way that Charlotte's been playing, I think, I think it's going to be an easy win for Red Bulls too this weekend on the road. One thing that I would remind everyone is former Red Bull players tend to have uh, a, a way of inserting themselves into games and, and 
uh, really putting the nails to the Red Bulls themselves. And we've seen that a couple times with Red Bull too. Andy Najem uh, has gotten them a couple times when he was with Beth Steele and, and Memphis this, this last uh, meeting. Junior Flemings. Junior Flemings uh, you know, I don't think Brandon scored on the team, Brandon Allen, but uh, Dominic Adoro is on this squad. He is still pacey at his advanced age. And, you know, given the Red Bulls penchant for, for pressing and leaving space behind, that could be something to keep an eye on. Now, if they want him to play a hold-up target striker role, that's not going to work out. Uh, but if they just want him to run in behind, I think that he could be very, very dangerous against this Red Bull side. Yeah, and he's only, what, 31? So he's you know, he's still prime time, and I still remember that pizza haircut he had back in the Columbus days. That's <laughs> how I remembered him. <laughs> he's he's only thirty one. Yeah. Oh my god, that can't be. How can that be? How can that be? Let me just verify that. I'm pretty sure I read that before. Let's see. Wikipedia says uh, thirty three. Sorry, he's thirty three. Thirty three is. <laughs> just from the math in my head, I was like that. He was with the Red Bulls too. In, yeah, or Red Bulls in so 2009. Right. He's played with so many different MLS teams from the Red Bulls to the Dynamo, Chicago Fire, the crew, which we've talked about, Toronto, which mm-hmm. I don't remember him being with Toronto. Really? I remember him being with Montreal. Yeah. He was on that Toronto squad. Like, uh, I, I don't know if that's the first year Michael Bradley came over. Um, 2014 that yeah. he played. Uh, he had 24 appearances. I think that Toronto's. is. I think that is the first year that they had Bradley and they had uh, that Brazilian kid. Yes, I don't remember his name. Um, Yeah, I I just couldn't imagine that he was as young as you were saying. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, that that's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, I think that they should be able to handle this. Let's get a score prediction from you, Bill. Uh, With last games or last week's game ending early, I'm going with a three-zero win on the road for New York Red Bulls too. Yeah, I think that they're gonna be able to, to continue their success uh, based on what I watched and and commented on in terms of them really struggling with those low crosses that is a recipe for disaster against the Red Bulls and not closing guys down and giving them space that's just asking for trouble against this team so yeah I, I agree with you I think it's going to be lopsided but I'm going to call it a 2 nothing victory I don't think it's going to get out of hand I feel like 3 nothing would maybe be out of hand for this, this squad <laughs> No, all right. <laughs> um, I think anything's possible with this squad. They're uh, they're ready to score. It seems like. I mean, let's see what Tom Barlow comes up with this weekend. Yes, indeed, and p- potentially Brian White. I like watching the two of them up top. We know the first team uh, played two up top to you know varying degrees of success. I know a lot of people are really are down on the first team, but I thought that this past weekend should have given them some hope, despite the fact they lost. Uh, the only other thing to really, I guess, call out, uh, congrats to Los Dos Kai Koronyuk. He won uh, Player of the Week this week. He scored two goals uh, against, who were they playing? Two goals in the span of four minutes in the second half and added an assist on the final goal. That, that's a pretty good week, I would say. Yeah. It doesn't say who they were playing, though, still. Uh, Tulsa. Oh, hey, look, they clipped Tulsa. <laughs> Wow. There are Tulsa's too many still in first place, right? Yeah, they're still in first place. There are too many teams to follow and now I feel like a fool. Uh but congrats uh Kai. Great job. Um 
the rest of anybody to to mention from the rest of the the eleven this week? Leo Fernandez, Jose Villarreal, uh, long time. Um, oh no, it's not Jose. It's Jaime Villarreal. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Sometimes I know things. Sometimes I don't. Oh, there is somebody else to call out in this team of the week. Douglas Martinez, former wow, Red man. Bull Douglas Martinez. He was up in the player for the week voting, um, but uh, obviously did not win that. He had a pair of assists. He won seven of 13 duels in the Monarchs front line, uh, beating Reno 1868 FC three to one. Congrats, Douglas Martinez. Glad to see you getting uh, some reps, even though it's not with the Red Bulls. That's that's it. It's kind of a short show tonight. Uh, we didn't have that game to talk about, so uh, I had to rely entirely on preview and that interview. But we're happy to bring it to you, and we're happy to be here each and every week. This is episode, I want to say it's 103, maybe 104. 103, yeah, that sounds right. Let's see. Yeah, this is 103. Uh, I My aim right now is to make sure that we have a guest every week. It's been difficult in years past. I think it's a little bit easier this year. Uh, especially uh, when we get uh, fellow journalists and podcasters to hop on. So thank you, Goose from Talking Jacks, for for hopping on today. Uh, If you want to follow us on Twitter, I am at underscore Joe Goldstein. And I'm at Bill TNJ. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And of course... That is on Twitter. You can also follow my work and Bill's work at the Red Bulls News Network, RB News Network on Twitter, or rbnn.us on the interwebs. Uh, find us. Make sure you go there. Read all the content. We've got lots of great writers there. Uh, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, all kinds of podcast networks. Wherever you get your shows, find us, rate us, review us. It helps. And if we're not on your podcast uh, app of choice, please let us know, and we'll work to get uh, ourselves up there. We're, of course, part of the uh, BGN.FM family. They've got a ton of great shows. Uh, Foxtrot, Bethlehem Blast Furnace, Sock Takes, Rising is One, uh, Down the Valley, uh, Amateur Hour, uh, featuring Goose, who was on the show tonight, and so much more. Make sure you go there. They've got great podcasts, great written content, ton of great stuff for you guys to follow. And last but not least, we want to thank our our uh, sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Bill Toomey, and Goose, thank you very much, and have a great night. <laughs>